Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream are made possible by the generous support of PNC, the Chautauqua Institution, the Cleveland Clinic, and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland Incorporated. Good afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome to the City Club of Cleveland. I'm Robin Minter Smyers, a partner at Thompson Hine and president of the City Club's Board of Directors. I am extremely honored to introduce today's speaker, the President and Chief Investment Officer for Jobs Ohio, Mr. J.P. Nelsef. Jobs Ohio, a replacement for the State Department of Development, was started in 2011 by Governor John Kasich to foster job creation and capital investment for the state. Mr. Nelsef is the organization's third president and chief investment officer. Six months into his tenure, Mr. Nelsef unveiled the Go Forward strategy designed to fill in the gaps and needs in the state's economy enhancing some existing programs and adding new ones. Highlights of the strategy include a plan to double the amount of loans and grants to companies from $150 million to $300 million annually, to invest in younger companies, to bring development to underserved areas, and to continuously improve Ohio's talent and workforce development programs. While the latest report from the nonprofit boasts a record number of jobs for Ohio in 2018, critics are skeptical of the organization's transparency and question how effective their efforts have been to actually improve the state's economy. Today, we'll hear from Mr. Nosef on how, he, how Jobs Ohio and its initiatives will help shape Ohio's economic future. He comes to Jobs Ohio with 30 years of leadership experience in the public, private, and nonprofit sectors. Prior to Jobs Ohio, Mr. Nassef was the chairman and co-founder of two technology companies, Crush Technologies and Crush Media. In addition, he co-founded Hometown Heroes, uh, was the chairman and co-founder of the Military Heroes Foundation, and served as the president and CEO of the Dayton Development Corporation. Mr. Nassef earned his Bachelor of Science degree in Management Information Systems from the University of Dayton and his Master's of Science degree in Systems Management from the University of Southern California. Between his degrees, Mr. Nassef was an officer in the Air Force where he served as a Technology Development Program Manager. Esteemed guests, members, and friends of the City Club of Cleveland, please join me in welcoming to the stage Mr. J.P. Nassef. Uh, thank you very much uh, for having me take part in the City Clubs Forum today. I'm honored to participate in a Cleveland institution that's welcomed many civic, political, government, and business leaders to inspire all of us to transcend cultural and geopolitical boundaries through dialogue and conversation. Something Ohioans do well, we communicate with one another in human networks, not just virtual and social networks. Uh, 
As a veteran and someone who came to Ohio with a military family, son of an immigrant, growing up hearing stories about how wonderful America was, how passionate the family was to come to America, being in an institution like this with an opportunity to address an esteemed group like this is even all the more meaningful. So I would like to thank the City Club for the warm reception. In particular, uh, Robin and Dan, I appreciate the, as they were giving me the rundown before I came in here, I felt pretty relaxed and calm until they said, do you know who's spoken here before? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting for me to be here, but I appreciate the hospitality and the warm reception. I would also like to give my thanks to Jobs Ohio's board chairman, whom all of you know very well, Bob Smith, who's here with us today, and Team Neo President Bill Kaler, who's with us today. I'd like you both to stand up and be recognized, please. And I'd like to recognize my colleagues, Glenn Richardson, Matt Englehart, and Phil Greenberg, who've accompanied, here, accompanied me here today, uh, and for the wonderful staff that Jobs Ohio has and the wonderful team that's here to work uh, for you, and of course, uh, Bill's outstanding staff at Team Neo. Thank you very much for being part of the Jobs Ohio Network. We've all talked about economic development being a team sport, so I'm going to recognize uh, other members of your team that in my brief period in the chair and my brief interaction uh, up in the Cleveland community, Bernie Marino, who's played an important role in Innovate Ohio and Blockland, Mayor Jackson and his 2030 task force, the Innovation Initiative being led by Beju Shaw, of course, the Cleveland Area Hospitals, the Clinic, UH, Metro, collectively a major employment force. Metro CEO Akram Boutros is executing on an aggressive plan to create a new hospital campus near the west side. And Drs. Alex Johnson and Marsha Bollinger, presidents of Tri-C and Lorraine Community, for their innovative solutions to close the workforce skills gap. And I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Mayor Brandon King, who uh, my team and I have struck up a, a friendship and a relationship as we're implementing our strategy to develop sites and areas uh, of the state that have not experienced uh, the economic benefits uh, that have occurred over the last several years. So finally, I'll make a plea to my friends in Cleveland uh, to stay involved in economic development. Uh, I urge you, uh, the temptation to become frustrated when things may not be going the way you had hoped, when you're investing your time and energy and resources, uh, and, and again, uh, uh, economic development takes time, and if it doesn't seem to be playing out as quickly as you would hope, stay involved and be hopeful. I would encourage you, uh, those of you who serve on boards and on staff and as members and funders, encourage your organizations, your colleagues and your peers to work with those organizations to align their missions, align their strategies so that we can move forward as quickly and expeditiously as, we, as possible to compete in a fiercely competitive global marketplace. So many of you work together to invest in Cleveland and in Northeast Ohio uh, to empower the state through economic development solutions. It's so much more than just words, economic development. It's an effort, it's a strategy. 
It's all of you coming together with your counterparts, business, academia, and government. And we're fortunate to have an entity called Jobs Ohio that uh, was truly visionary by the previous legislature and administration. And uh, we're very grateful that the current legislature and governor uh, are providing strong support for this competitive asset and this model that does not exist anywhere else in the nation. And while Robin gave you a brief, a brief overview of the organization, I'm going to use this opportunity today in, in the spirit of giving a brief presentation as explain uh, my view, having learned about the organization since come, arriving here in March, what the organization is, what it is not, why it is competitive, and why it is unique in the nation and the envy of a na the nation for economic development. So with that, I'm going to uh, give you death by PowerPoint. <laughs> it's, really, it's not that bad. Here's what we'll talk about, a little bit about the history and structure, successes, and going to the strategy. And then I've, I'm very hopeful uh, that I'll be able to uh, answer some of your questions. So this is something you already know, what you might not know. 2011, 20, 2011, essentially the Department of Development was privatized, but really there are still significant functions that are still in the Department of Development. And in 2013, the, Ohio's, uh, the rights to lease the Ohio Liquor Enterprise were acquired, uh, uh, purchased. $1.4 billion was sent to the state treasury. Uh, Jobs Ohio continues to uh, pay debt service on those dollars as part of our operating expense. The vision of the organization is so that Ohio will be recognized for what you know it already is. It's the best place to have balance of life, work, investment, and it's a place where you can still achieve your unique version of the American dream. And to us, that means you don't have to make the false choice of a fulfilling professional path and a successful and fulfilling family and business path. You can do those, both of those things right here. Our mission is completely around economic development and what that means for, for Jobs Ohio is business and talent, attraction, retention and expansion through job creation, growth in payroll and growth in capital investment. Very close uh, to the vision uh, and the mission that was created to do. The founding strategy was built around supporting Ohio's nine core economic sectors and implementing some site development through a series of loans and grants and incentives uh, to bring companies to Ohio from outside of Ohio and to help companies expand in Ohio rather than expand in other locations. And through that strategy, Jobs Ohio has deployed approximately $150 million per year, again, in a series of loans and grants. Uh, Jobs Ohio does not work in isolation in Columbus. We work through a Jobs Ohio network. So I view Bill Kaler and Team Neo and his team as part of our Jobs Ohio team. We refer to it as the network. So in Columbus, the Jobs Ohio network has about 110 associates. We have presence in 10 international markets. We have six regional partners. Our sole partner in Northeast Ohio is Team Neo. And we also, through Team Neo, uh, connect with hundreds of local economic development partners around the state. So what makes Jobs Ohio different? 
Okay, it's private, it has a funding source, but really what's unique and different about it? Why, why is it competitive? So I, I'm gonna walk, I think this part, uh, ha having, having led a regional economic development organization uh, for many years back in Dayton, I can tell you this, this is an amazing and valuable organization. And I, I, I will uh, summarize its competitive attributes into three components. Three competitive attributes, any one of which would make us highly competitive and valuable. All three combined uh, make it a force uh, to, to potentially bend the demographic curves that we all, we all read out into the future about our great state. So first, it's a private structure. There are the obvious things with a private structure. Uh, as we're dealing with private companies to uh, working with their data, their strategies on where they're gonna expand or where we're gonna locate them and how they're gonna utilize the, the supply chain and what their talent strategies are, they obviously don't want that information shared with their competitors or with the financial markets. So as a private entity, we're able to keep that information private. These private sector companies know that now and they uh, more and more are willing to share information so we can work together with them on their plans and help them to grow, expand, and locate here. It also lets us as a state protect Ohio's negotiating posture. We, uh, we do not want to know what the bid is. We don't want anyone else to know what our bid is to help a company expand or locate here so that our competitors can then see that bid and outbid us. We're not interested in that. As a private entity, we can keep Ohio's negotiating position confidential. Uh, with that privacy comes concerns, valid, legitimate concerns that we should have about the need for transparency. So Jobs Ohio, as a not private not-for-profit, uh, has endeavored to be one of the most transparent and communicative not-for-profits in the country. We've been awarded uh, several awards for our transparency, for the amount of, amount of information we share relative to what we're statutorily required to share. A couple examples of this. Uh, the board recently established guiding principles to make sure we were sharing information that we were able to share in as timely a manner as we're able to share it. As an example, uh, there is a lot of interest in sharing, uh, let's say, an incentive package on a deal that has been announced. Uh, we, we make that information available uh, no longer than one month after the announcement of the award and we, after we've gone through the appropriate channels uh, to confirm the amount of the incentive. 41% of the information that we report to the public is not required by statute. So nearly half of the information and the data that we make available into the public domain, we are not required to, to make that available. We make it available in an attempt to be as transparent as possible and frankly, it's something that we should do. This is a significant resource, uh, high impact resource for the state of Ohio. Uh, our state, our communities, the people of Ohio depend on us to be responsible with the resources. They want us to be effective. They want us to produce results. And we need to keep private what's private, but we also need to make our best efforts to share what we are able to share. Uh, and Again, to make this available to the public, we, we do everything we can to make it easy to find. So if you go to our homepage, 
the landing page on the Jobs Ohio website. There's a trusted partner button. You can click that button and it'll take you to all the detail you probably don't really want to know, but you're happy to know that it's there. Some might want to know it, but I encourage you to go check out our, our website and check out this information. Uh, but we, we, look, we're not perfect, uh, and there will always be some natural friction between the amount and types of information that are made available and the timing it's made available. We understand that, uh, and, and we'll always work and to be open and communicate with our partners to help uh, at least them to understand our position and we're always open to listen, learn, and if we've made a mistake, uh, we have to always be ready to own up to it, correct it, and move forward. So, private structure, very powerful, very important, helps us to be very effective. So on top of being private, we also have stable funding. Uh, with the acquisition of the liquor enterprise, uh, uh, provides uh, steady and reliable uh, revenue for the economic development network. What is that money for? Why, why can't we just go get it year to year? Well, it, it, I think the first thing it allows us to do is to hire talented human capital from industry. Our objective is to have people from industry with experience from industry. For their contacts, yes, but mainly because people that come out of the industries understand the culture, they understand the communication norms, they know how to negotiate, uh, and because we, have so because we have resources, we can recruit them and bring them in, not for a year, but we can, we can offer them an alternative career path because we can fund them more than one, two, and three years. So they can, after doing what they're doing in the business world, they can serve their state. So we can offer them a multi-year opportunity, uh, and that helps us to get really good people in because uh, typically mid-career, they have families, uh, they want to... Uh, make sure that they leave their career for two years. If you left your primary career for two or three years and tried to get back into it, it would be very challenging. We can offer an alternative path. Uh, we can, uh, we, and we can compensate them, not as much as they would make in the private sector, but enough to entice them to come work for the people of Ohio. This allows them to maintain continuity with the business community, with these businesses overseas, site locators that connect us to some of these businesses, uh, and businesses within, within Ohio uh, so that we have continuity of those relationships as administrations turn over every two and every four years. We can have a continuity of that relationship. It's an advantage for us. And again, uh, having access to those resources gives us tools to fund the staff, uh, both at Jobs Ohio and with our network partners, and to fund the deals. So if uh, there are a couple examples just in the last year uh, where we had to move very quickly and we were able to move quickly uh, because we did not have to go through a, a legislative cycle that sometimes takes a year, two years, we were able to pivot and move quicker than some of our other state, uh, competitive states. So stable funding, we're able to hire, develop and retain professionals, experienced professionals out of industry we're able to maintain continuity with, our, with companies around the world and in the state, and we have access to those resources to move quickly. So, private, stable funding. Two things combined, very, very powerful. But we also, the way we've configured ourselves and organized ourselves around the state 
is the third significant advantage, and this one might be the most significant advantage, is that we go to, we go to the marketplace with regional partners. Uh, there's always been a statewide function, and as hard as the statewide uh, organization can work, it's never going to ha have an, as much granularity in your local community as you do. And so if, if you think of a state organization or a central organization as a sledgehammer, uh, sometimes it's difficult to do precise surgery with a sledgehammer. Uh, but we go to market with our regional partners like Team NEO. And Team NEO works with industry, academia, government. They understand the workforce needs. They understand the needs of the business community. They are our sole partner in the region for doing lead generation through systemic business retention and expansion visits with existing companies in Ohio. So we're able to create the significance of a private structure with statewide resources, but we're able to have a local touch. It's really a compelling business model. And on top of that, we all work on a common data platform. So we speak the same language in terms of the data. We're able to track, monitor, anticipate, uh, which aids our business development efforts. It aids our workforce development efforts and we've only begun to tap into the value of that data. So these are the three tiers that make Jobs Ohio a unique entity of its kind in the nation. And, and again, anytime I see a legislator, anytime I see the governor or lieutenant governor, I thank them for their support because no other legislators or governor or lieutenant governors in any other states have created this, much less maintained it and sustained it through multiple administrations. So we, we really owe gratitude to our legislature uh, and to the governor and lieutenant governor. So it's unique. That's great. Well, what have you done with it? How do we know it's working? What are you going to do with it tomorrow? So since 2011, uh, the Jobs Ohio network team has worked on 2,500 projects, accounting for almost 200,000 new jobs close to $60 billion in new capital investment, and almost $10 billion in new payroll resulting from that effort. Uh, I'll give you some more context on this shortly, um, but that's, uh, that's an amazing, amazing set of work. Last year, the team uh, produced uh, the record amount of results uh, compared to prior years. We'll be releasing our results for 2019 on March 1st. And so I'd ask you to stay tuned for that, uh, but we're excited about the news that's uh, coming out on March 1st. A little bit about our funding model, uh, because uh, this is where we get a lot of questions. Frankly, this is where I had a lot of questions uh, when, I was, uh, first, uh, when I first received a call to see if I was interested in Jobs Ohio. I, frankly, I just paid attention to the, what I'd read in the newspaper from time to time, hadn't been very close to it. So I started doing my homework, and gee, they're using a lot of tax money. They're, you know, how the, where are they getting that funding from? And I, as I came in and started asking questions, uh, I found uh, something that was different than the impression that I had. So again, back in 2013, uh, Jobs Ohio acquired the Ohio, the rights to the Ohio liquor enterprise, uh, put $1.4 billion into the state treasury. The contract that was developed between Jobs Ohio and the Department of Commerce uh, has resulted, in addition to that $1.4 billion, nearly $200 million in profit sharing that's gone back into the state treasury. And from the projects 
that Jobs Ohio is, is working with our partners have helped to drive another $1.2 billion in new payroll that's gone back into the state treasury since 2011. So what I learned was Jobs Ohio is, is not only not taking tax dollars to pay for compensation, salaries, the network, expenses, or these deals, uh, it's actually been part of supporting putting resources back into the state treasury so that our legislature and the administration can use them for broader purposes for the people of Ohio. If you want to look at breaking out the funding model, taking an average cost uh, for a, an average bottle of, of spirits in Ohio per dollar, 65% of the dollar for that bottle of liquor goes to pay for inventory, expenses, operating costs for the liquor enterprise. 8% of the cost of that bottle goes back to the state treasury in the form of taxes that were collected at the point of sale for the state, sales taxes, and profit-sharing dollars. And the rest goes to the Jobs Ohio network. And that Jobs Ohio network includes the six partners, Jobs Ohio in Columbus, and the dollars we use for deal flow. So going forward, again, Robin did a good job summarizing the go-forward strategy. I'm, I'm happy that uh, you had that. So we're not abandoning the nine-sector strategy, and we're not abandoning making loans and grants. Uh, we went through a very exhaustive uh, approach, not only to develop the strategy with McKinsey, that took a third-party, independent, fact-based approach to identifying where the gaps were, what Ohio needed, what types of initiatives we should take on. Uh, but we also did a statewide listening tour, and we heard and listened uh, to the people in the Northeast Ohio area and all around the state to make sure we were taking into account what our regional and local economic development partners uh, believed that they needed to advance their own communities. And ultimately, this is how we landed on the strategy. So we're staying with the nine-sector approach, but we're adding support for federal and military installations to capitalize not only on a large employer, but part of the fabric of Ohio that, again, makes us unique. I, I came here with a military family. I've been around the country traveling in, in my role, not only in the military, uh, but also as a civilian. And I can tell you the people in Ohio understand the culture. The people in Ohio are welcoming to what is a naturally transient workforce that comes as, as they rotate in to the, to the AOR. Families come in, the spouse is deployed, and the families are left here in Ohio, and the communities here take care of them. The state takes care of them. We want to make sure we're focused on making sure that our friends inside the Pentagon and other federal government agencies know we, we value their people. We value the people in the federal workforce and in the military. We want those missions here. We, we take care of and we want mission, uh, family programs, veteran programs. Uh, those people typically uh, follow rules. They pay taxes. They get involved in the communities. We want more of them here. And uh, our state, I can tell you firsthand, supports and embraces those people. And we're also adding air service as an initiative we would like to support. 
Uh, again, uh, overwhelmingly going around the state, uh, we heard this from our partners that, uh, and from the employers, that if we had better air service, we could attract more people. If we had better air service, we could bring another division of our business here. If we had more air service, Ohio would stay on the list uh, competing with Texas or Florida for us to locate our business in Ohio. We're taking a long-term look at this issue. There are no short fixes, but we believe we need to take this on and identify a sensible, reasonable, rational path to increasing service at our seven commercial airports in Ohio. Our business plan calls for us to still deploy $150 million a year to programs associated with the nine sectors, plus air service and federal and military installations. But we're also gonna take on initiatives in talent sites and innovation. Talent we're taking on in two different ways. First is for the companies that we're working to help expand or attract to the state of Ohio. We're gonna help them identify the workforce that they need and make sure that they have the workforce they need. So we're gonna scale up our talent services to work with those companies that we've made a commitment to and they've made a commitment to Ohio to make sure they have the workforce that they need and they'll be working with universities, community colleges, job centers, and the workforce ecosystem in the area the company has decided to locate to and make sure they have the workforce that they need. We're gonna invest an additional 50 million into this initiative. We're also gonna work with universities and the business community to increase the amount of production of in-demand degrees. Uh, we're following the research on this and the business community that's told us that we are woefully lacking in computer science and other technical degrees. And understanding the process uh, that academicians use to rebudget and reprogram their dollars takes time. We're going to use some of our resources as part of this strategy to seed the production. So Jobs Ohio will, will input some resources uh, in exchange for a commitment of increased production and financial commitment from the institution that they will align budgets that will allow us to increase the production of computer science degrees. We're also going to expand our sites program, both in the amount of resources, but also in the breadth of allowable expenses. So for areas, smaller communities and disadvantaged communities that, that don't have the human capital to establish a site development plan, a sustainable site development plan. This program will allow for resources to either engage a consultant or a human resource that knows how to plan and will work with that community uh, to develop a site economic development plan that then becomes fundable by our site program. We're doing this in conjunction uh, with uh, a new program, a new executive that we've stood up to take on inclusion economic development. So we've got uh, Terry Slayballs running our sites program. Uh, Christy Tanner, who many of you know, uh, has just taken on the role to lead our inclusion economic development initiative. And we're gonna make sure that small communities, disadvantaged communities, as well as large urban communities have access to human capital, planning capital, cleanup capital, and resources to build out their site portfolio, regardless of the phase of development that site happens to be in. 
Uh, one of the things we hear about why we lose deals as a state is that we never made it on a list because we didn't have a site that was ready and available to go. So as they were working with their site location consultants to determine if, whether to even uh, ask us if we wanted to bid or uh, submit a proposal, we didn't even get that chance because there wasn't a site in place. So we want to increase the portfolio and diversity of sites in large communities, large cities, in rural micropolitans and small towns, uh, and begin the site development program in a sustainable way in some of the more disadvantaged communities that have been hardest hit by the economy. And innovation, great, thank you. Thank you. That was, appreciate the applause. Well, it's important to do, and we're, we're committed to it. We know that the governor and lieutenant governor are committed to it, and uh, these things take time. But we're starting, uh, we believe, in a rational way. Uh, we want to do this right. We, we want to do this in partnership and, and in a sustainable way so that the dollars produce a return uh, for the state, but a return for those communities. And, and uh, there's nothing worse than starting down a path and especially in those, some of the disadvantaged communities, generating hope and optimism uh, just to dash it because we weren't thoughtful in the way that we approached the business. So we're, we're taking this uh, ground-level approach, and we want to do it in a smart, rational manner. Uh, the third new component is an innovation component, and I'll talk about innovation districts. Uh, what we hope to do is modeling after success uh, achieved in cities like St. Louis and Atlanta is create uh, two, maybe three large innovation districts. And when I say large, on the scale of 10,000 people, where the anchors of the district would include a computer science department of a large university that has agreed to invest in building their department and producing at least three times more production of an in-demand degree, such as computer science. There would be an anchor employer on one of the sides of the district, a large employer, I think a, a tech company or a large existing traditional company that has a, a significant tech component. On the third leg of the district, we'd have innovative companies, small innovative companies, maybe some startups, early stage companies that bring in young millennial talent uh, with a lot of times technical degrees, knowledge of coding, with multiple opportunities for employment with multiple companies. And then the, the fourth leg would be mixed development, mixed use development, housing, restaurants, small office, uh, to create a district and vibrancy. Uh, these, these would likely be most uh, best tailored to the larger, the larger cities in our state. Uh, we're also exploring the idea of adding to our portfolio of tools, adding to grants and loans, and considering uh, investing in ownership and equity. Uh, the board, uh, we presented this and proposed this to the board. Uh, they, approved, uh, they approved us to go out and explore and identify the best way to do this. The data is telling us that Ohio lags behind our peers in the amount of dollars that are being invested in early stage companies. Uh, this impacts the availability of opportunities for a millennial in-demand high-tech workforce. Uh, and we believe if we're going to compete in the knowledge economy, that we're going to need as a state uh, to identify a solution uh, to deliver more early-stage investment dollars 
into the state of Ohio, into opportunities in the state of Ohio. And Jobs Ohio currently is exploring if we should have a role, and if we do, what is that role? And to make sure we do it again in a rational, thoughtful, uh, transparent, and sustainable manner. So those are the planks. And behind it all, we, gee, where are you getting twice as, twice as many dollars? You just invented two times more dollars. Well, uh, we're taking on a series of steps. Uh, because of uh, the success privatization has had in the operation and efficiency of operating the liquor enterprise, and we do this in, with a wonderful partnership with the Department of Commerce and the Ohio Bureau of Liquor Control, uh, that the revenue uh, and operating margin for the liquor enterprise is increasing uh, each year. I believe it's over 7% for 2019, and we expect it to go even higher by employing private sector uh, logistics practices, retail practices, branding practices. Uh, we're also making sure with the liquor enterprise that uh, we intend to become the leader in the country in responsibility, and we're launching this year a responsibility campaign to make sure as our, as our citizens consume spirited liquors that they are doing so responsibly uh, and within the limits of the law. And so we're not going to do one without the other. We're doing both. So we're expanding our financial capacity on the top line and through efficiencies and smart, common sense uh, initiatives like taking advantage of uh, historical lows in interest rates, uh, we believe we'll be able to generate the, the increased uh, top line revenue and deliver that right back into economic development to the benefit of the citizens of Ohio. So that's the go forward strategy. So why Ohio? So since 2011, you can, I'm not going to read through each of these, but you can see what uh, the state was ranked uh, by these third-party independent publications in 2011, where it's ranked now. Objectively, we're great for business. We're great for business. But beyond that, uh, coming from my experience, and I am sure your experience, we're a great state. Not enough people know that. It's hard to articulate. Well, why are you so great? Is it the weather in February that makes you great? Here's how we like to describe it. Ohio has diverse communities and industries. We're not dominated by one large or two large cities. We have three very good-sized large urban markets uh, that appeal to any number of, of workers and individuals and businesses. We have a diversity of industries, so we're not pegged to any one industry. We have a workforce that's highly educated, Highly competitive and highly diverse. As an example, we have the third largest manufacturing workforce in the country. We have a strategic location. We're within a day's drive and an hour flight from 60% of the North American market. So if you're not interested on being, being on one of the coasts, if you're interested in a North American presence, you don't want to be on a coast. Your workers don't want to be on a coast. Their, their families don't want to be on a coast. Uh, Ohio is the most strategic alternative location for you. We have robust and numerous college and universities uh, producing the workers of tomorrow. And we can argue, are we producing the right workers? We can argue uh, whether we're moving quickly enough. The fact is we've got an infrastructure and a platform that is now engaged with the administration and with Jobs Ohio and with places like Team Neo to to configure themselves within the processes that they have 
to address the workforce and talent needs that we have, and we have an abundance of them. And on top of it, we have a, an amazing cost of living. Uh, so the combination of those things makes for one amazing place to live. My personal experience, we came from somewhere else. We moved here when I was in middle school. I left and went to graduate school in California. I ended up coming back. Uh, I recruited my wife, now wife to come here. Uh, many times we had opportunities to go back to California, to New York, and as we started stepping back and doing the math on it, it came back to that balance and that diversity and this, the, the ability to interact with a community. And we would have had to make trade-offs that we knew about that I don't know that the people that live in those markets know about. Uh, I know what it would have meant to me to be commuting an hour and a half to two hours a day. Uh, I know the impact that would have had on my family. So I would have had to make the choice. We would have had to make the choice of a fam as the family uh, to pursue a professional life at the expense of the family life. And uh, I had plenty of opportunities here. And so we were able to pursue both. And ultimately, I think that is the product we're selling. It's one of balance and community uh, and people that value both family family, community, and a professional life can have it all right here. And that's essentially what we're selling. So uh, my plea to all of you is be optimistic and get involved. If you're already involved, stay involved. Work together and please seek alignment. It, alignment of organizations, of plans, of strategies is not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen because people in this room and others agree to make it happen and that comes uh, by working together and being willing to stay engaged and work through difficult upsets and work through frustration. Uh, but we're Ohioans, we still roll our sleeves up. I mean, we don't quit. I mean, Cleveland fans don't give up. <laughs> It's the truth. And as a Dayton Flyer fan, <laughs> I've never given up. But it's the, the, it's the grit of the Cleveland population. It's evident. It's irrefutable. The fans are amazing. You might not like the Browns if you're out there, but you ought to respect the loyalty and commitment from their fans. And I would ask you to take that same loyalty, commitment, Willingness to put yourself out there without fear of disappointment, uh, to stay engaged with economic development, stay engaged because you will be the ones that make Cleveland the way that you want to be. be. Jobs Ohio and the state, we will play a role in helping resource you on the way there. But you're the ones that are going to do that. And I, so I encourage you to work together, seek alignment, and be proud of this community. Another thing I notice traveling around, and especially when I lived in California, people from Ohio tell you where they're from, their eyes go down, and they're almost embarrassed to say they're from Ohio. I love being from Ohio. We should be proud of where we are. What we have is amazing, and it's great, and it's that optimism and hope and positive attitude that's really going to drive us forward. We have a governor and lieutenant governor that are fiercely focused on economic development. Uh, we have this entity called Jobs Ohio and the Jobs Ohio Network with Team Neo 
that's got a unique structure, private, stable funding, and a network. We've got what we need to get this done, but it requires all of you to be aligned and engaged. Thank you. Today at the City Club, we're listening to a forum with J.P. Nassif, President and Chief Investment Officer for Jobs Ohio. We're about to begin the audience Q&A. We welcome questions from everyone, City Club members, guests, students, or those of you joining us via live stream. If you'd like to tweet a question, please tweet it at the City Club, and our staff will try to work it into the program. Holding the microphones today are membership and advancement manager Alyssa Generakis and office and customer service um, experience coordinator Tiffany France. May we have the first question, please? Um, recently, the states of Missouri and Kansas agreed to, uh, to uh, not poach on each other's territory in order to uh, attract companies from one side of the uh, of Kansas City to another. There are, I think, uh, I think in the Northeast, there are discussions going on among states there. I'm wondering what things, uh, how is Jobs Ohio exploring that as a way to reduce unnecessary expenditures for uh, companies that may simply be moving from one place to another. So we we don't uh, we don't have a anti-poaching policy, but we have started discussions with Kentucky and Indiana, not necessarily geared around poaching, but geared around opportunities that we could have to work together on large initiatives and large infrastructure opportunities. Um, and our business development efforts at Jobs Ohio are not geared toward uh, the Midwest. Uh, we're focused on. Uh, areas outside of the Midwest. Thank you. I'd like to focus a little on your air service. Uh, you're probably aware that the city of Cleveland and Hopkins Airport is going through a master planning process. Is Jobs Ohio in engaged in that? And as part of your strategy for air service, have you thought about consolidating some airports, at least uh, from a uh, virtual point of view, so that we have some hubs in this state instead of the disparate service that we currently have? So um, I'll find out the nature of our involvement. I'm, I'm not sure what that is. Bill, are you involved in it? No. Okay. We are. Christine, okay. Team NEO is, and uh, I'm not sure if Terry's. And so are we. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Uh, and in terms of consolidating uh, and working through alternate infrastructure for airports, I've thought about a lot of things, you know, I, as I'm sure many people here have thought about. Uh, but I think that the approach that we're taking uh, does not have boundaries on it. Uh, we brought, uh, we brought in, first the board has approved us taking on an initiative to develop a plan on how we're going to approach this. Uh, we brought someone in with experience with airports and uh, relationships. Uh, with uh, airlines to lay out a, a plan, five-year plan, uh, to start figuring out how we get to a place where we have more seats in each market and have a healthy mix of international and domestic flights. And all I can tell you is we're going to take a thoughtful approach. I know that the person that's our point person for this has already been out and visited each of the airport directors. Uh, and uh, we'll be out communicating extensively in the communities and in particular with the aviation community as this plays out. We have a question from Twitter. 
You referenced 27% of the liquor enterprise dollars supporting the network Jobs Ohio is operating and facilitating deal flow. What's the actual dollar amount? How does that compare to economic development budgets in neighboring states? Okay, I think I'll need a research question for that. So the other states, well, I, uh, so last year, I believe that amount that came to the network was around 250 million, uh, close to that. Uh, and states that there are other states that have a dedicated budget to economic development. Uh, they're all funded differently, so I can't make a direct uh, linear one-on-one -on -one comparison. But I know that the annual consistent uh, budget amount that ends up falling down from the profits and distribution from the liquor enterprise is uh, there's not another state that has that consistent level of financial uh, support that comes to it. Not, not another state. And I do have a presentation that I didn't bring here that, that really talks about the national profile in each state of how they've configured their economic development enterprise. And, it really makes it very clear and evident what Ohio's got. Uh, and just want to make sure that Ohio doesn't uh, realizes what it has. That's part of why I give this, this type of presentation, uh, so that we can thank our legislature and thank the administration for their continued support of it, because no one else has it. And uh, we want to make sure we capitalize it on it for our benefit. Thank you. We have another question from Twitter. Hi, I'm over here. Are the 198,000 new jobs since 2011 gross or net? What is the median wage for those jobs? So I don't know the median wage for the job. We'd find that out for you. Uh, and they're not net. So we, we, you know, we don't have the whole pie for economic development for the state. We, we don't. We have, we have a programs that we have to attract, expand, capital investment, job creation. So those jobs are the job commitments and the audited compliance with those job commitments for every company that Jobs Ohio has engaged with since 2011. So no, it is not net. Thanks. Uh, good afternoon. I'm particularly delighted by your investment in talent. And I wanted to ask you a specific question following up on a comment you made about the seeding the production of computer science degrees and, and other programs that are in demand. One of the things we've heard from higher education institutions is um, a real challenge around um, um, sourcing faculty for these positions or for these programs. So I'm wondering to what extent you've talked about the kind of investments you've made, you'd make in higher education. You talked about them having to structurally um, right, rework right. their budgets. If you could talk a little so, bit more about so, that, I'd appreciate it. So we're, we, we, are, we are looking at this as we want to create and incentivize outcomes, knowing that there's no way that we want to learn the internal budgeting politics of a university. Uh, and I don't want to know what those are, but I do know that uh, we have a target. It's to increase production. Uh, we know that if we put a dollar into seeding that, we want at least five more dollars to come from that institution and their budget allocation over some period of time. And we know the outcome is going to be three to five times more production in that degree. And 
and that that's so we're looking at outcomes not internally how the university system and the leadership in the university system produces it they'll they'll we just know they are going to enter into it if, if they would access to this program they'll enter into an agreement where they agree to use their system their influence their leadership their partnerships with their faculty senates to get it there I haven't used a faculty senate word. That's about as deep as I can go. For the <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello. Um, over here. Hi. Hey. <laughs> First up, thank you for your service. I'm Army, so don't. Thank you. Thank you for your service. So, uh, I'm a local lawmaker, so my question is more kind of the local level when we're looking at the economy. Um, what can local governments do to attract more manufacturing businesses back into our communities, especially in light of the USMCA agreement being signed? Well. I'll take, uh, fr from the Jobs Ohio level, I would say collaborate and work closely with Team NEO. I think what a, a, a company doesn't locate to a specific jurisdiction or a township, even though it may land in one. They come to an MSA or a region where they can live somewhere or their, their workforce uh, can emerge from one part of that region. And so I think the, the best opportunity is to collaborate with Team NEO and the other business and uh, industry and academic leaders to develop your plan. And then in the context of that, I'm sure you'll come up with the types of policies, whether it's, it's tax, tax policy, regulation policy, zoning, that is right for your community in the context of that strategy. And then Jobs Ohio can be a partner by helping them to uh, f uh, fund uh, a site that's associated with that plan in the various community. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Great, thank you. Um, hi, Emily Pachetti, the Cleveland hi. Fed. Hi. Um, so I have I have two questions, but Dan, I think you said I could only ask one. So I'm going to limit it. Um, so I, I think my top question is just, could you speak a little bit more on your investments in talent? So you had mentioned working with um, universities and businesses on like this pipeline for in-demand degrees. And I know the Office of Workforce Transformation is yes. also trying to do just that. So can you talk about uh, how right. Jobs Ohio is kind of differentiating itself in that investment? So, so thank you for that question. So mm -hmm. our, our talent initiative, two, two primary components, uh, production of talent, primarily in degrees, and seeding the production of talent. We're not producing the talent. And essentially matchmaking specific talent mix to a specific company. Those are the two ways that we do it. Uh, so one of the, when we're out, our business development uh, operation identifies a company. We put a proposal in collectively with our partners at the DSA and, and the local communities. That company says, great, uh, I'll come there. I need this type of talent. We'll have a talent package, a talent support package as part of their incentive program. And then we'll work with an account manager, essentially, inside of their company so that as they come and locate, we are identifying the position, helping them to source it, using all the methods and tactics and strategies to recruit, to screen, to hire. Uh, and then when the term of the contract that we have with that company is over, our resource will come out and go to another company. We're gonna scale up that part of our, our business. On the production side, uh, I gave a large example of how we'd work with a large university, but we're identifying, starting with employer identification of the talent they need, and we work directly with the CEOs uh, and human, uh, human factors and um, 
HR departments to work with them to identify what their needs are. And then, frankly, the last year and a half, uh, once we decided we were going to go down that path, most of our efforts been on making sure we were working with the business communities and business leaders to make sure we were pointing the, the arrow at, at the right target. And then we'll work with the universities that are interested in producing those, those degrees that are identified. And in some cases, if they're not degrees, if there's training and upskilling required, we collaborate very closely with the administration on things like tech cred to make sure we're sharing information and opportunity. But then for us, we will have resources that will essentially front load at that university uh, the production of that, uh, the increased production in that specific in-demand degree. And then our hopes are we scale it up in not only the large communities, but in the small and medium-sized communities as well. Thanks. Today at the City Club, we have been listening to a forum with J.P. Nassif, President and Chief Investment Officer of Jobs Ohio. Community partners for today's forum are the Fund for Our Economic Future and Team NEO. We appreciate your support and partnership in promoting today's forum. We welcome guests at tables hosted by the Building Laborers Local Union 310, the Cleveland Clinic, uh, Falls Communications, the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland, Global Cleveland, the Greater Cleveland Partnership, Ohio Aerospace Institute, and University Hospitals and Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital. We're happy to have all of you here today. And that brings us to the end of today's forum. Thank you, Mr. Nassif, and thank you, members and friends of the City Club, with a special thanks to City Club members whose financial support makes all of this possible. To find out more about upcoming forums and how you can support the City Club, please visit us online at cityclub.org. This forum is now adjourned. You're very comfortable up here. For information on upcoming speakers or for podcasts of the City Club, go to cityclub.org. Production and distribution of City Club forums on IdeaStream are made possible by the generous support of PNC, the Chautauqua Institution, the Cleveland Clinic, and the United Black Fund of Greater Cleveland Incorporated.